Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. I hope you've been listening the last few weeks to know about the announcement I made about a new resource that I had launched. I will give those details again later in this episode. So just in case, I had also mentioned that I had initially made this announcement in the weekly e-newsletter that gets sent out every Wednesday. If you're not on the list for the weekly e-newsletter, head to the show website, nhte.net, and pop in your email address so that you start receiving that. Joining me today on location in Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who was on this show just under two years ago and has continued her momentum since then. Just under two months ago, she put out her second single of 2021. Last year, she signed a publishing deal with Jimmy Mattingly and Johnny Garcia, and she is a spokesperson for renowned vocal coach Katie Henrik's new Masterclass series. You've been hearing a song of hers released back in March called Drinking with Lonely. Welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Audra McLaughlin. Hey, Bruce. I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> this is awesome. So, yeah. It's so great to have you back on the show and to have you sitting face-to-face yeah. to record with me this time. So thanks for making time oh, to come over Oh, thank you this. so much. I know it's crazy because we had never met in person until today, so I'm excited yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start off first, of course, by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing during the intro called Drinking with Lonely. Absolutely. Um, I released that shortly, kind of when things started to open back up a little bit. Um, we we had wrote that during the pandemic, and I, I kind of just sat down, you know, one day. I was, I had kind of recently had, I had recently at that time had went through a breakup, and, um, you know, I just didn't really have much time to reflect on it because, I was so hurt about it. And then like, of course, everything shuts down and it's not like you can go out and like go out with your girlfriends and like say, Hey, you know, whatever, go find a new guy or something like that, whatever, like what, you know, girl, people do during breakups, you know, they just kind of, uh, but you know, I didn't have that, that, um, that luxury to do that at that time because, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. We had to be safe and we had to stay, stay in our homes. But so I basically spent that whole time, um, writing a ton of ton of songs with uh, my producers Jimmy Mattingly and Johnny Garcia and um, that one in particular Drinking With Lonely again came out of that really tough kind of vulnerable time and um, I'd sat down I popped open a little bottle of wine and I was like you know what I'm gonna just write about it let's just do that (laughs) so I started writing that song and I I finished the entire thing and I brought it to them over Skype the entire thing in one in one setting Uh, yeah in one day yeah so like I I guess um maybe like two or three hours because I was kind of trying to tweak things and I was sitting there just, you know, playing around with it and then try to, you know, mess with the melody and the lyrics. And, um, and so I brought it to my producers over Skype when we had our writing session that following day. And I was like, Hey, what do you guys think about this? And I had sent them the work tape, you know, that night before, because I was up pretty late writing that. And, um, they're like, man, we love it. Like, let's, let's kind of work on it and, and tweak, tweak some things. And, um, you know, so basically what we did was we kind of just did like a slight rewrite on the song, um, just to kind of make it more, um, not as personal, but still personable, but like also to relate for other people to relate to, gotcha. you know, gotcha. a, a, who have been through that circumstance. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's 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 what it's about. <laughs> what about that range of yours on that song? By the way, the upper range in particular. Wow, a, a singer turns a lot of heads when they hit notes up there like you do on that song. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, gosh. oh that's so sweet of you. Um, you know, I grew up with the likes of Mariah Carey and Martina McBride and um, Aretha Franklin, and my my biggest influences artist wise was just those big powerhouse singers. Um, and I, I have no idea how you know I. I don't know. Everybody always says, how do you do those notes? I'm like, I'm just so modest. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I like to sing, you know, I, I work with my vocal coach, you know, three to four times a week. Um, uh, okay. so, you know, we, we work really hard at, at, at improving and, and, you know, improving my range and, and just keeping my voice healthy and stuff like that. So, um, it's, uh, it's a lot, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of work, yeah. but, but, you know, I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a singer, you have to, you're like a vocal athlete is what I always try to tell other people. Um, when they ask me, they're like, why do you take vocal lessons? You don't need vocal lessons. I said, yes, everybody needs, you know, a coach, you know, it's just like having a basketball coach or a baseball coach or a track coach, you know, anything to keep your muscles strengthened and your voice is a muscle. So, um, you know, I, I work really hard at trying to do those notes and, and, um, you know, they don't, they didn't come easy at first, of course, but a lot of that's just work in progress. <laughs> and you know, down in Tampa, there is a fella that we have playing quarterback for our Buccaneers named Tom Brady. Yeah, the age yeah. of 44 years old, and he has a coach. I mean, granted, there's a quarterback's coach on the staff of every NFL team, but he also has a personal trainer. I mean, that's like you said. Yeah. Just because you get to a point where you're as good as people say you are Absolutely. in the music business, in football, in whatever it is, doesn't mean that you go, okay, well, I guess I'm set now yeah I mean it's absolutely right I mean Tom Brady is I I mean I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan I have to say (laughs) but I've been a huge Tom Brady fan since I was probably in seventh or eighth grade mostly because I thought he was good looking but (laughs) besides the point um I hadn't noticed (laughs) (laughs) you know right because of my email (laughs) all all I know is that he can throw the ball pretty good (laughs) I know but you know it's so true I mean just everything that comes down to him especially with his diet with having his trainer and how strict he is is what with what he eats and what he drinks. I mean, that just goes to show you that he really, really, you know, wants to stay that good, you know? But let me share with the audience that these are all things that Audra and I just finished talking about mm-hmm. before I pressed record was we were talking about not consuming caffeine in the case of myself on a day when I know I'm going to record an interview. And Audra was talking about her diet and what she'll drink, what she doesn't drink, that it's the same thing that you're talking about with Tom Brady. You can just replace it with Audra McLaughlin or another singer and (laughs) say, these are the things that we have to do in our profession to properly condition ourselves so that we can perform at the highest level. And in your case, hit those high notes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, lots of water. Um, I don't ever drink, um, like coffee or caffeine before, before a show. And, um, and I, I typically am not, I'm not a coffee drinker anyway, but, um, but yeah, definitely just taking care of yourself, drinking a lot of water and, you know, just staying hydrated, um, and, and, you know, your diet exercise, you know, there's so many things that people don't realize that goes into, um, our profession, you know, as any, any kind of singer or speaker, you know, an interviewer, anything, you know, we have to take care of ourselves. Can you remember early on in your career and not being able to hit the notes that you can now and, and working over time to get up there? You know, I do. I think mostly what it was is that, um, I kind of got into a lot of bad vocal habits when mm. I was younger. I was in tons of different bands and, um, 
performed in a lot of different local competitions and stuff like that. And I don't really think that I was having the proper training at the time. And so more so I stayed with songs that were safe in a way Mm. that, cause I was so afraid and I was even more afraid after I had vocal surgery and then recovered from that and then was back out there on the road performing. I was like, Oh no, like I I don't, I don't want to hit that note because I'm afraid you know, am I going to blow my voice out? Am I going to hurt something? And, and those sorts of things. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I would say in the last four years of working with my, my now vocal coach, Katie Hendricks, my voice feels so much stronger because she teaches me the proper ways to sing, how to, you know, breathe properly. And I think really, you know, not to say that my previous coaches didn't teach me a lot of amazing techniques. I think maybe I just, you know, didn't really grasp the whole whole thing at the time, um, and and that could have been why I just kind of got into bad habits. Well, and different vocal coaches will emphasize different areas. Yes, where you go to someone and you mm-hmm. say, "Gee, my last vocal coach didn't emphasize this, so this is new to me. Thanks right. for showing me this." I want to stick though with with this song still. Yeah, I, I'm I'm always quick to have guests tell the audience about music videos that they release. But with Drinking With Lonely, I like the way you went because I think that performers think that there are three options. They think that one option is to do a proper produced storyboarded official music video. Two is just shoot a live performance Mm -hmm. of a song. And three is do nothing at all. I mean, yeah. they don't, they don't have a video for a particular song, right. but you said, I'm going to perform the song, but not at one of my live shows. We're going to shoot me singing and playing, but we're going to do so in a controlled environment, mm-hmm. which is great because there's no distractions for the viewers. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, with that song in particular, because it was such an intimate, emotional song, I thought just doing an acoustic version of that was just the perfect vibe because, you know, it was during a dark time. And, um, so I ended up doing just like an acoustic version of that song at my friend, um, Chris and Sarah studio. And, and they did an amazing job on that, you know? And so I just wanted to keep that song more intimate, you know, and, and now, you know, so that's kind of what we wanted to do is keep it pretty simple, you know? So just vocal and guitar. <laughs> Let's talk about your new ventures with the UK and the official partnership with imagined, with your PR agent who manages your UK press and is it W21 Music? Yes, that's and, right. And touring that's the UK next year under her management team, possible festivals over there. My yeah. gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. I, you know, I was my, my one co writer friend, uh, Randy Barnett, who I spent a lot of time writing with, um, he had kind of contacted me and said, Hey, you know, I have this woman, Donna Zanetti, over in the UK who's you know, interested in putting like an all girls type tour together for next year, you know, when kind of things slow down as far as the COVID stuff. And, um, so I got in contact with her and we had a Skype, you know, meeting and, uh, we just totally vibed her and I like, we just could talk about anything. And she was just the nicest person. And she's like, you know, what do you got going on? Like, I just, I really just want to help you. Like, I, I just, I want to, really get your name out here in the UK because I know how hard it is in the U S to break as, as a, you know, an artist. Um, cause there's so many, and not to say that there's not a, a lot of people in the UK that are trying to make it, but there's so many of us country artists here that are, that are all competing for the same thing. And, um, the UK market just does things a little bit differently. 
And so it really just started with her saying, listen, I really just want to start with, you know, helping you on, on the press side, getting you some interviews and, um, you know, working out this, this possible all girls tour and, um, basically just managing your UK press. And, um, and man, she has just been like a total go-getter. It's, it's incredible. I mean, she, I talked to her every morning at like seven, eight in the morning. Cause the hours, you know, the difference yeah, yeah. and I'm not a morning person. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be messaging on Instagram at like seven in the morning. And she's like, Hey, I got some new interviews for you. And then she'll just have a list of like things, you know, for the next coming weeks. And, um, you know, they have been so, so supportive over there. It's just been incredible. And I, I just, I can't wait to, um, to eventually get to play some shows over there. We had talked about doing, um, the boots and buckle festival next year, which is a huge country music festival, um, over there in the UK and, and then setting up some other touring and, and such over there. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of, um, we're just trying to see how, how things go, you know, with all this COVID thing, but, um, we're, we're, she's just working so hard and I'm just so, so thankful that I have her, you know, doing all that. So, and don't misunderstand the way I'm going to ask this, but yeah, no problem. is this, is everything that you're talking about geared towards quote unquote, just the UK or will it be several countries throughout Europe? Yes. So it, it would be uh, several countries throughout Europe. Definitely. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're, um, we're kind of, we haven't really worked out sort of like a, a map like plan of that yet. But right now, the kind of the goal um, that she has for me is that we're trying to get some, um, you know, just press, get get my name to as many people, to her, as many of her contacts as possible for them to, for their audience to start getting to know me. Um, and that way, they're kind of ready to have me there next year. So Yeah, and I'm glad that you're repeating next year, next year, because yeah. when you started talking about initially <laughs> speaking with her and her saying, well, maybe we could get you, I'm thinking, was this last year? And you're referring to 2021, <laughs> but I can tell that you're talking about 2022. Yes, yeah. So right now it's just, um, it's you know, there's a lot of stuff going on um, with the Delta variant stuff over there. So uh, we're just kind of trying to... Um, you know, be as safe as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's best laid plans, you know, that you hope will work out because mm -hmm. currently I don't know that there's anybody that's going over to the UK because yeah. I know that the people from the UK can't even leave to come here oh. if they wanted to. So mm -hmm. for people from the United States to consider going over there, you have to say, let's look yeah. at 2022. Right. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, that just gives us kind of a game plan to get things, you know, ready, getting, a band together and, and, you know, all that sorts of stuff and setting up, you know, press outlets and radio. And, and, um, so, I mean, I'm just super thankful for that because, you know, it's in the U S it's so tough to, to break in, you know, there's, there's a lot of money that has to be involved and, um, you know, the UK doesn't work that way. So it's, it's nice to, to have her on my side and, and her be a part of my team. So, so when you just said getting a band together, I want to go back to drinking with lonely one more <laughs> yeah. time. If you were doing a show, when I say here, I mean in the United States, if you had a band behind you and you were going to do Drinking with Lonely, would you tell the band, y'all can get off the stage, I'm going to do this one by myself, acoustic, because of the message of the song and the intimacy, or is it, no, it's a fully produced song, Bruce, I'll have everybody play it with me. You know, I think with that song, I, I think it will kind of depend on maybe the venue or like the actual kind of moment of that when that song you know comes up in the set list I kind of I'm a very spontaneous performer at times I mean not to say that I don't plan you know my show out a lot of times I just 
sometimes I go, okay, would this be better this way or that way? And, and sometimes I just think of that thing, those things on the fly. And, um, I think it'd be cool, you know, at like a big festival of some sort to just rock it out and, and do it like with a full band. But I think in more of an intimate setting, like yeah. a theater, um, at like, you know, an amphitheater, that type of, that sorts of thing, like a writer's round, you know, kind of do a little bit more of an intimate, um, version of that song. So that's kind of how I, how I see things. Yeah. But that's also nice because it keeps the audience on their toes in so far as if you're an Audra McLaughlin fan and you go see her on this night at this mm-hmm. venue, it might be the whole band rocking it out. And right. if all of a sudden you see her two weeks later somewhere else, Audra might surprise you and just be feeling that night. Like this is one of those moments. Yeah. And I'm sure you would have told the band in advance. Oh, hey, absolutely. listen, you know, there could be a time on this tour when I decide that for this song, you know, y'all are going to take a break. So don't be caught off guard when I turn around oh, and say, yeah. take a break. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, when, you know, when you have a band, you know, you always kind of sort of plan those things out a little bit in, a, in, a, in advance. But, you you know, typically when you have, like, say, a schedule of some sort of dates and you know where you're playing, you kind of know when to maybe do those yeah. those things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, so never mind 2022. Talk to us about your current touring schedule. My gosh, in a few minutes, I'm going to tell everybody your <laughs> website and all this stuff. And wow, the list of dates on there. <laughs> It's been crazy. I mean, I literally just last week got back from Ohio. I was playing um, a bands in residency in Sandusky, Ohio. And um, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. We were out there for a week doing six shows a day for, it was, there was like 25 minute sets. Um, But yeah, I mean, my schedule just this entire year, even through everything I've been performing, um, you know, just in Alabama, Georgia, Illinois. Um, where else was I? I think I was in South Carolina. Well, let's back up a residency in Ohio mm-hmm. for someone that lives in Nashville. How does that happen? So I actually, um, it, it's called Cedar Point. It, it's an amusement park mm-hmm. and um, you have to apply to get selected as one of like, you know, a, a band or you could do it acoustically or duo. Okay. Um, but last year I submitted to um, be a part of the bands in residency and of course, last year, everything shut down. So they asked me to come back this, this, you know, this year, which was last week. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, basically how it works is, is they have you on the same stage every day and you do like, it's kind of like Disney world, almost like you do like 25 minute shows throughout the day. And that's for a straight week. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was so like several shows a day, several, for shows several a day. days in a row. Yes. For seven <laughs> days. Yeah. Oh for gosh. seven days. So in that regards, you know, again, going back to taking care of your voice, I mean, we were in heat. I mean, but the, the weather was actually pretty nice. Like it was, it was a cool breeze and stuff, but it was still hot. Um, so, you know, taking, drinking a lot of water in that, in those, those circumstances, cause you gotta be able to last that whole week. <laughs> this is an interesting discussion that I don't get to have very often with a guest. So if you don't mind, let's stay yeah, here for a minute because absolutely. I'm thinking of things like, and if the folks at Cedar Point are listening, I don't mean this as an attack against you, but does the park pay attention? Meaning, do they take care of you or is it, here's a room for you and do your own thing. Do you, do, do they give you water throughout the day? Do they tell you, please change your outfit each show? How hands-on are they or aren't they And versus what you decide on your own? Well, they didn't tell me, so I'm going to wear this, but I'm going to be sweating like crazy. So maybe the third show in, I might change. No, I mean, so they were amazing. I mean, they put us up in, in hotel rooms. They, um, they fed us, they, um, they had water and everything for us in our dressing room. 
Um, so yeah, they took really good care of us. Um, and you know, we had like, like a person with us the entire time, you know, for sound check and making sure like mm-hmm. to let us know, okay, you're on now. And then they'd let us know the end of the show and we had our merch set up. So we kind of just, yeah. yeah. So we kind of just, and we got to keep all of our merch sales. Um, wow. so yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually a really cool experience. I mean, they weren't like, you know, you got to do this or that, or you have to wear this or that. It wasn't anything in that regards. I mean, of course it was like a family oriented place. So, you know, no cursing, no drinking on stage, you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of things, which is, I mean, when you look at, you know, your audience, you kind of know certain circumstances are a little common sense, right? Yeah. You don't want to be cussing and yeah, drinking or, or and wearing a shirt with something offensive. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of that stuff, you know, I mean, they tell us all in, in our rider in advance about all that. I mean, and I'm, you know, I always, most of the time follow the rules. So <laughs> what about cover songs versus originals at a show like that at a, at a place like Cedar point? Yeah. You know, I mean, because you, you think that like these people have never, they don't know who you are. You know, maybe some of them do, who knows? Um, but you know, most, the majority of those people don't know who you are. So if you just straight up do, you know, originals the whole time, they're, they're going to be like, who, what is this? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, how I go about like any of my shows, um, that are like that is, you know, I, I do like a cover and then I'll do an original and then maybe a cup, you know, I mix it in because I want to keep the crowd engaged because they're more likely going to vibe to something they know. And then maybe they go, Oh, I've never heard that song before. So in a 25 minute show, you're maybe doing two originals, possibly three. Yeah. I would say about three originals. Now I had my buddy, John Eason with me who we were both performing. So we did like a duo act. Um, so each of us did a few songs each. So like he did a few covers and originals and then I did a few covers and originals. So it was a, it was a good mix. Um, and you know, some people, a lot of times will, will yell up and say, Oh, we want to hear one of your songs, you know, or some people might say, Oh, I want to hear, you know, um, I don't know, Guns N' Roses or something, you know, or, or, or the famous, um, is Freebird, you know? Of course, of course. <laughs> so that's so. it though. It was, it was one week. It's not, we're going back again at the end of the summer or. No. So, I mean, eventually, I mean, they've, they've actually asked me like, um, you know, if, if I would want to come back in the future. And I said, yeah, nice. Luke, you know, if, if nice. my schedule allows and, you know, I'd love to, it was, it was a fun place. We get to ride the rides during the day and, <laughs> you know, so it's fun. That's good. Yeah. So back in the intro, I mentioned some really cool news of yours from a year ago. Uh, I want to hear all about the signing of your co-publishing deal with Jimmy Mattingly and Johnny Garcia right before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But first, let me just tell the audience that if you have never heard my interview with Johnny Garcia, Go way, way, way back in the Now Hear This Entertainment archives from the first year of the show and listen to episode 24 when he and I talked. I'm pretty sure that that's actually the most listened to episode ever of NHTE. Yep. That's the one I listened to of of his. (laughs) (laughs) So anyhow, go ahead, Audra, talk about getting that deal with him and Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy. I mean, I had started writing with Jimmy and, um, we, well, first actually, let me back up. So I met my vocal coach about three and a half years ago, four years ago now. Um, and so she said, Hey, you know, I'd love to have you do some demo work with, uh, with Jimmy Mattingly. He's doing a lot of stuff for my musical. And I said, yeah, absolutely. So that's how I met Jimmy first. I met Jimmy first, um, about two years ago. And so I started going out to his studio and, and recording demos for Katie for, um, for Timmy Tumbley project, her anti-bullying 
uh, organization. And so Jimmy was like, you know, what, what do you got going on? You know, are you working with anybody? You know, I just, I love your voice. I'm just, I'm, I'm a huge fan, man. Like your voice is just, you know, I just love it. And, um, and so he kind of basically stayed as like a mentor, you know, to me for a little while. And then he brought me to Johnny's house one day to, to finish up a demo for Katie. And he really wanted Johnny to hear me. And he, and Johnny was like, Oh my gosh, like, where have you been hiding this, this <laughs> girl, you know? And, um, and so they both were like, man, we, we ought to just start getting together and write, you know, let's start writing some songs together. And so, which has to make you feel like a million bucks, by the I, way, especially yeah. when you're talking about writing together. It's one thing to have a great voice and to be able to hit the high notes like I talked about earlier. But instead of saying we want to produce you yeah. to say we should actually write together, you're going, yeah. wow, like they're interested in my writing, too. Right. And I think a lot of, you know, Jimmy and Johnny are, are amazing people. I mean, they're such they're so family oriented. Um, and a lot of that, you know, I think they want it to kind of build that, build that relationship, you know, writing songs and, and that building that friendship. That's how this, this business works is building those connections and, and, um, you know, seeing if you vibe working with each other first before say getting into signing a deal with somebody, um, which is typically how anything works is like, you know, you just build that, you know, do we, do we work well together? Um, and man, we just had such a blast writing together. I mean, it was just so much fun and they were like, man, we, you know, we ought to, you know, so they kind of got together and, and they were like, you know, we, we should do, we, we should sign her to like a co co-publishing deal and start producing her and then get a big batch of songs and then eventually try to get, get some people, you know, some ears, you know, on her, you know, listening to her and, and, um, maybe hopefully try to get her a deal. And, um, I mean, and, and I just was so thankful in the beginning, just to even have them be interested in working with me, because I'm like, here, these two guys are on tour with Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood and Dolly Parton. And, you know, the, the list goes on and, and they're such legends in this town and in this industry. And the fact that they wanted to take the time out for free, basically, because they believed in my talent was just amazing to me. And, um, I mean, at this point we're all like family, you know, I mean, I, I love their kids. I love their, their spouses. And, and, you know, we've, we've gotten together for dinner at times and like, they're just amazing people. And, and it's That's just awesome. like, yeah. So, you know, we've, we've built that friendship and, and that bond and, um, I just love working with them. And, and so it was, yeah, it was March. I'm trying to think of the date. No, it was February. Let me back up to when we signed the deal. It was like February, man, like 16th or something like that. It was like, I remember it was a couple days after my birthday because my birthday is February 10th. And, um, so we had signed the deal and then no lie, like three weeks later, the tornado hit Nashville mm. and then the entire country shut down. And so we were like, what are we going <sighs> to do? I mean, we can't we can't be in the same room because we, we have to protect our families, you know? Okay. Hold that thought. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to, I'm going to keep the listeners on the edge of their seat. No problem. And I want to give them all of your plugs first. So I'm joined today on location in Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Audra McLaughlin. Visit her official website at audramclaughlin.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. I will also have a link there to episode 298 of this show from when Audra was on just under two years ago. So you can hear her talk about having been on The Voice and other topics that we discussed then. Follow Audra on social media. At the top of her website, 
You will see links to find her on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, even Snapchat. I'm waiting for you to say TikTok too. TikTok. Oh, yeah. Yep, I'm on TikTok. TikTok too. Add that to your website. You heard her talking about (laughs) live dates. There is a long list of live dates in the tour section of AudreyMcLaughlin.com so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live. Do follow her on Spotify also. But please support Audra by purchasing downloads of her music from iTunes and other online digital retailers instead of just streaming her music for free. <laughs> Everybody wants to get interviewed nowadays on podcasts, on TV shows, on radio shows. The list goes on. With COVID and doing stuff remotely, everyone wants to just sit at home and get booked everywhere to sit and do interviews from the comfort of their own home. The bottom line here, though, is making those opportunities worth your while. The whole idea of getting interviewed is because you have something to promote, right? Music, a book, coaching sessions, a movie, a business, a product, a service. So how do you maximize those interviews that you actually see results from them? There's a brand new website that I have launched called interviewtipscourse.com. Getting booked for one or more interviews is only half the work. In this course that I've launched, I'm giving you close to 30 tips to maximize the opportunity so you get results from being interviewed. And I've even included a module that has more than 15 different sources that can be used to get leads to potentially get more guest bookings. It's all online, so you go at your own pace with the videos as well as corresponding handouts in convenient, downloadable PDF documents. Go to interviewtipscourse.com to get started so that you can start benefiting more from being a guest on the shows you get booked on. So, Audra, let's continue. Uh, I mentioned COVID in there a second ago Mm -hmm. and and people staying locked inside during the pandemic. You were starting to get into this before I had to do all those housekeeping things. Getting back to this deal you're talking about with, with Johnny Garcia and Jimmy Mattingly, you even mentioned earlier on when we first started the interview, the song that we played at the beginning, that you... We're writing songs over Skype, which is very unpopular with some people. So, yeah. so please continue your story. No, yeah, no worries. Um, it was definitely an adjustment because when we had first signed the deal, of course, those first few weeks, you know, we were writing in person. Um, and of course, not for long because things shut down pretty quickly. And um, it was quite weird because there's so much latency over mm. um, over like a camera phone or like I was using my iPad for Skype and Zoom or FaceTime, whatever, you know, whatever worked that, that day. And so it was difficult to kind of hear, okay, well, well, wait, where are we going in that part? Because I can't, the guitar part sounds like it's, you know, like the latency and this, that, and the other. So, you know, so it took a little bit of time for us to get used to, um, doing that process. And, and Jimmy or Johnny gave me an app that, um, to record the demos on. So like I would, it was just on my phone. So like after we would get done a write, um, he would send me a track over, I would put the track into this app and then I would record over top of this track. And that's how we were basically doing Mm. our work tapes. So, I mean, it was kind of cool at the same time, but it, it was a lot to adjust to. And then after a while we were like, man, we're, we're getting good at this. Like, let's do this every week. (laughs) So we would spend sometimes, you know, hours just over Skype, having a beer or wine, you know, like, you know, just hanging out, writing and, um, you know, so, I mean, it was, it was quite the adjustment, but, but we, we always had a blast doing it, you know? So, and I was all the way back in Pennsylvania because I had basically had no income coming in. I had no gigs and my parents were like, why don't you just come back home while this is going on and then you can go back. And when your gigs 
start back up and you're making some money. And my roommate was kind enough not to even charge me rent at that time. So I stayed with my parents for free, which was very nice. I love my parents the best. (laughs) And, um, and then I just spent all that time being creative with, with Jimmy and Johnny over Skype and zoom. It was just Mm. crazy. (laughs) Shout out to the roommate for having your back. Yeah. She's the best. We probably did, but off the top of my head, I don't remember us talking about this next topic when you were on the show just under two years ago. It's really troubling that it seems to come up more and more with guests that I talk to on NHTE. In this case, though, you are doing something about it. I'm referring to Mm anti-bullying and a partnership you have with Timmy Tumbley. Yeah. So, um, and again, this, you know, with COVID, a lot of things have have been on pause, but um, my vocal coach is an incredible lady. She has written children's books for, um, for anti-bullying. I mean, and they're, they're so cute. Like I love, I love reading them. And, and she even tried to get the, um, she would put together like plays and, and broadly, she was trying to put together some Broadway shows and pitch Mm. it to Broadway. And so I started just doing, um, the, the soundtracks for, for the project. And then we had talked about putting together, a entire kind of like, um, like a little like tour going around, like to different, like maybe elementary schools or high schools and me maybe speaking about my journey of what I went through with bullying and then singing a few songs and, um, and then they would, you know, do the Broadway show. So of course, because Broadway shut down and, and we're kind of gearing back up, trying to figure that all out. Um, that's kind of what we were sort of in talks of doing, um, is to, you know, that way I can, you know, try to help people with, with what I went through. So it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to be able to help people. Did I zone out or did you say, so this is like, as we speak, you're, you're writing songs, new songs for her now, or it's, she's kind of working with stuff you already gave her. Um, no, so for the time being, (laughs) things have opened back up. Is is this something she's trying to get back Um, towards? Yeah. So she's trying to get back, um, getting that going again, but no, these are songs that she and her other, um, her other writing partner had, had wrote and she just wanted me to, uh, record them. Perform them. Yes. Perform them. But also she wanted me to be a part of this kind of, you know, tour that she was trying to put together to get, you know, shows on Broadway, um, for me to be able to kind of, you know, speak about my journey of, of bullying and, and how I got involved with the project and, and those sorts of things. And, um, I'm just always, I've always been so passionate about, about it because, I've had so many people after the voice come up to me and say, man, like just you speaking out about your journey really helped me. And so that just means a lot to me that I could be a help to, to, you know, young children and even adults that have been victims of bullying. You know, it's it's unfortunate that there's all this work that has to be done, but it's great that all this work is being done. And I, as I said a few minutes ago, when I introduced the topic, I'm hearing more and more guests talk to me about it and the work that they're doing towards it on, on this show. And this is just one podcast. So it tells us how prevalent this problem continues to be in society yeah. today. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's definitely something that I think continue, you know, needs to continue, be continually talked about, you know, and, and so. And hats off to your vocal coach, by the way, for not just being a vocal coach and for saying okay, you know, there's other work that we can be doing here. You know, I I have a program that I want to launch and she's been an incredible mentor. I mean, because she, I mean, it's funny because when I went after I had surgery, I mean, I was just totally defeated. I had no confidence. 
I actually was like so afraid to get on stage again. Like I was like, I just don't want to sing anymore. I'm just, I don't think my voice is going to sound the same. And, and honestly, she was like, not only my, my coach during that time, but she was like my mentor and my therapist in a way, (laughs) because she's like, Audra, like, we're going to, we're going to get you back to where you want to be. Like, you know, you're just, you know, right now you're in your head. And, and so that's where that whole you know, that those insecurities and and just like being in your head and being a perfectionist kind of get in the way. (laughs) And that we could very well be talking about bullying right now Yes, because you get in your head about having been bullied. And I don't mean Audra, but a person who has been bullied gets in their own head about it and feels that I can't go anywhere from here to where I'd like to go. And you were saying the same thing about vocal surgery and, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. And so they, they very much go hand in hand and, and, and hats off to you and others that are telling people who have been bullied you can do anything that you set your mind to leave right. that in the past. That's, that's not something you want and, to carry around and, and have hold you back. Right. I mean, and I think that was the biggest thing too, is when I did have that, of course I was afraid of everybody finding out about me having it. Cause then I was like, of course I went back to that little girl in my head of them being like, Oh, see, Oh, she can't do it. She can't sing, you know, da, 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 you know, the, that like those, um, those voices in your head that like, you know, when you were a kid and when you were going through those times. And so like you must put, I put myself back in those shoes and I was like, Oh my God, people are going to think I'm a failure that I lost my voice. And I was just, I was on a TV show and now I have no voice and I can't sing. And, and I don't want people to feel bad for me. And just like, you know, all these different things, you just start putting in your own head yeah. that nobody even is, is even saying yeah. to you. you become your own worst enemy. Yeah, absolutely. So clarify for me then, because in the lead up to today, you told me that mental health awareness has always been important to you. Yes. So above and beyond bullying or hand in hand with that, explain. Um, I think the mental um, awareness definitely goes hand in hand with the anti-bullying for me, because that's such a big thing. I mean, because of course, when you are being told that you're not good enough or, or whatever it is, that's going to mess with your mental state. And now, you know, growing up, I just always had such a low self-esteem. You know, I always was like, oh, I, you know, I'm the dorky girl. I'm not the popular one, you know, and, and, you know, I was just always kind of putting myself down and, um, and that was just kind of in my own head. So like, I've always struggled with mental illness and, um, not, I mean, just mental health in general, like, you know, I've always had a lot of anxiety and depression and, and, um, but you know, I'm not afraid to admit those things. Cause I mean, half, you know, so many people that I know and so many musicians, I mean, this business is, it can be very stressful. And, um, so we just, you know, we're lucky we have music, um, to get through those, but you know, anxiety and, and depression is, is a, is a big factor. And it's sometimes we just get in our own, in our own head. And, <laughs> and if you hold on to that stuff, it's only going to make matters worse. There's That's so right. much pressure in this business to begin with that yeah. if you're putting more pressure on yourself by holding all this stuff inside, yeah. well, then you're on the road to, failure because you're not going to get anywhere if you're stopping yourself when there's so many other people out there that will gladly say no to you in the music business. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I've even gotten to like a point where like when I, you know, when I was on the show, of course, when on The Voice and I mean, you know, I was a lot younger, I was a little bit younger. And so I would start reading the negative comments and I would focus on those negative comments. And I'm like, I can't spend my whole career doing that because I'm just going to forget about the people that are supporting me and that love what I'm doing and, and I'm going to be focusing my negative energy. And so I've had to also kind of like, you know, I go on social media all the time, but like, of course I've seen, 
you know, oh, you know, this, that, you know, people make comments, you know, like the trolls on social media, you know? Um, and so a lot of it is like what my grandpa always told me is just kill everybody with kindness. If they say something, go back and say, Hey, you know, I'm so sorry that, you know, you're having a rough time. I I hope it gets better. And you kind of just do a reverse psychology. And so I'm still learning to get better at that because, um, you know, I, I've had the tendency of, of kind of being like, oh, I'm going to comment them back and, <laughs> and say, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. And so I've had, you know, like different mentors tell me, well, no, don't do that. And not <laughs> yeah. to mention that the overwhelming majority of those people are not performers. They're not right. in entertainment. They don't sing. So right. they're not coming from a place of an educated opinion. Yeah. It's just, I'm going to put this nasty comment and then I'm going to move on to something else. And they're going to move on with their life and yeah. you're going to ruin your day over that it's it's better to do what you said and say well i'm going to kill him with kindness and i'm going to move on with my day and right. not let that drag me down and that's right i mean because I, I like there was uh, i think it was like two years ago actually um i had forgot the words at a 76ers game like i totally missed a verse which i mean the national anthem is one of the most nerve-wracking songs in like I think every artist could testify to that. And I have sang that song probably in my sleep a million times. And I just got eaten alive on social mm. media. And that just like ruined my day. And I was like, why did I let that ruin my day? Like, you know, make a post, say, Hey, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to disrespect anybody. You know, I, I had a, had a moment. I had a human brain fart moment That's that right. like, so it's like, you know, people forget that like we're all human and whatever we do, we are, are, we're normal humans. We're, you know, <laughs> okay, are you ready for this? This is insane. Yeah. Audra does not know the questions. The guests never know the questions I'm going to oh, ask, no. but the next question I was going to ask, you set me up perfectly for this. So <laughs> fo- follow where I'm going. For those that read my blog on the website every Monday, you know that I get a little opinionated when it comes to national anthem performances. Audrey, you have done a lot of them in in your day. I've never asked this question to anyone before, but are national anthem performances all the same? And and what I mean by that is if you do enough of them, you're going to get to a point where you're going to quietly say, gosh, I don't even follow this sport or this league or this team at all, or maybe the opposite, which is, oh my gosh, this is for my favorite team. Right. Do emotions, do feelings like that come into play at all? Or is it just, nope, they're actually all the same, Bruce, the same two minute song, no matter the sport, the team, the stadium or the arena. You know, it's hard to say. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a great question. I was like, wasn't ready for it, but uh, mm-hmm. um, I would say, like, definitely, like when I have sang the national anthem at the Philadelphia Eagles game, it is so much more nerve wracking because that's my hometown. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that so many people that I went to school with or just know are in that uh, stadium. I see. So here, I'm like, again, I put that pressure on myself. Oh my gosh, don't forget the words. Blah blah blah. Like, you know, you know, I'm going to be all over social media, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I whereas think, if you're in Georgia, right. at an NBA Atlanta mm-hmm. Hawks game, you're going to go, yeah. whatever. It's a national anthem. I've done this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and too, like I always say, the national anthem for me has just been always been the most nerve wracking. Um, I mean, typically even though I know the song in my sleep, I still leading up to a performance of the national anthem. I practice like that song probably like six times a day. Wow. Yeah. Because it's like you could, you could start it in the wrong key and then totally Mm. just blow the high end. So you have to, you know, be able to start really low. And then that way, and I've never sang the national anthem, like, I've never changed it. Like, you know, some singers, they 
they do all yeah, these. That our flag was still there. They usually go down, and I've heard yeah. Lillian Garcia when she used to sing it before WWE events. She would the flag was still there. She'd go up on it, and mm-hmm. I just thought, whoa, wow, that's yeah, that's different, right? Yeah, and and a lot of singers, you know, have have tried to change it, and and because it's such a important song to our country and to our military, you know, it's like I don't want to change it too much. So it's always been a nerve wracking song because I'm like this is our country's song and I want to honor those men and women who, you know, it, that song is for. And, and so it's like, I don't want to mess this up. You know, I just want to, you know, do it. It's due diligence. And, and, um, but it, it's, it's scary. It is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, on a less scary note, <laughs> we're going to close today with another one of your original songs, which is your current single yeah. called can't buy fun like this. Before I let you go and I play that song, tell the audience all about this track, if you would, please. Absolutely. So Camp I Fun Like This was the third song that we wrote over Skype, which ah. was crazy. Um, we had, well, he, we had written some stuff in person before, you know, all of that, but. Well, wait a minute. Let me interrupt you because now that you tell sure. me that you remember that that was the third one. <laughs> Drinking with Lonely, that was written over Skype also? Yes. Yeah. So do you remember what number that was? Was that, that one or two or was it well past this song that you're talking about now that was let me think i think that was maybe like the fourth or fifth okay so can't buy fun like this came before it. yes yeah we had kind of just we were like you know what what songs what kind of song do we need you know that we haven't wrote and we were like we need something like really fun and upbeat maybe like summary for like when people can get out and about, you know, at the lake or a beach or, or vacation, you know? And so we want to just write a song that our, you know, when we could all be together again, that, you know, our friends and family would enjoy and, and, you know, and be able to kind of jam out to There's that driving down the road song, being by, you know, the beach or a lake or a barbecue or just anything like that. And we, we just knew that song was special um, when we wrote it, cause we were like, Oh, this is, this is so fun. Like we got to drop this in the summer. Um, and so the way that song came about actually is we had started kind of tossing around titles and ideas. And, and that's typically how we go about our writing process. Mm. Um, the three of us, um, is we go, okay, well, what do you got? You, you got any cool titles or do you got a melody, you know? And, and a lot of times when I come in with an idea, it'll be like a melody, of some sort, you know, and that way we can vibe off that. Um, but with this one, we didn't have any of that. Like Jimmy said, Hey, you know, I, I, when I was on tour with Garth, you know, about two years ago, I I was saying backstage, man, you can't buy fun like this. And so he wrote that down in his phone Mm. and, um, he, he just remembered that he had that title and he's like, and me and Johnny were like, Oh yeah. Like we got to write that. That's so cool. So we kind of just, you know, started to talk about you know, just how we had fun, you know, just growing up and, you know, and, and how we like have fun in the summers and, and all that stuff. And we just put all that into the song. And, and, um, honestly, I think that song maybe took like two hours to two, maybe two hours to write. Cause it was just so much fun to write. Um, so it's yeah. a great hook because yeah. when you think of that saying, can't buy fun like this, I right away get a vision in my head of what that looks like to me. Yeah. And it is just being with friends, doing something that you're having a blast. Absolutely. And it's nothing that you paid to do. Right. It's 
going to the beach or it's going to someone's house yeah. or it's whatever you do as friends that isn't let's spend a bunch of money and go to Las Vegas or let's spend a bunch right. of money and do this or that. It's like, no, exactly. this is like just this camaraderie. Like you can't buy fun like this. This is such a great time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's what they said. They, they asked me, they said, you know, well, what did you do before, you know, like what, what did you and your friends like do in the summers? I said, you know, go to the lakes, um, you know, go, go to the beach. Yeah. I mean, really back at home, I would say that more so the beach than anything. Um, you know, go, I don't know, kayaking, you know, just all these different things. I mean, of course we were underage, so, you know, we were sneaking some beers and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, I'm not all that. I'm not an angel completely. So <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> As Audra's so. parents press pause on this episode and start <laughs> dialing her number right away. <laughs> right. They're going to be like, Oh, here we go. Got some explaining to do. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on the new single and, and all the great stuff you have going on, all the live shows and the plans for next year. Continued best wishes to you. Thanks for doing oh, this. Thank you so much, Bruce. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, really absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love your show. It's one of my favorites. So thanks. thank you <laughs> listeners. That will do it for another episode of now hear this entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Audra McLaughlin. Do visit her official website at audramclaughlin.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Be sure to look for the menu item on her website that says tour so you can see the long list of dates and places where she will be performing so you can go see her live. At the top of her website, you will see logos, links to find Audra on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat. She's going to add one for TikTok. I will. (laughs) (laughs) I am not on Snapchat, but I know that since her first time on the show, I have been following Audra on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I would, I'm sure that she would appreciate you getting on board with Absolutely. her social media as well. Remember, too, to follow her on Spotify, but more importantly, to purchase downloads of her music on iTunes or other digital music retailers. Let Audra know that you heard her and her music and now hear this entertainment, and look for the link that I will also include to my first interview with her back on episode 298 from October of 2019. Don't forget about the new website I have just launched at interviewtipscourse.com. Get on there to start into learning how to not only find more interview opportunities, but more importantly, how to maximize those so that you get a better return on the time you invest getting booked for and then actually being a guest on radio, TV, podcasts, and other interviews. There are close to 30 tips that I have presented in the course along with corresponding documents you can download for handy reference, plus the module with more than 15 different sources to get leads to potentially get more interviews. Again, that's interviewtipscourse.com. Get started now. That will do it for episode 394. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Audra McLaughlin. This is the one she just talked about called Can't Buy Fun Like This. Yeah.